Welcome to a brand new episode of The Hedge where we give you the info you need to dominate your fantasy lineups and basketball bets. I'm your host, Steve Inman, and I'm very happy to say today we'll be talking to Juan Carlos Blanco. Great to be here with you, Steve. We're right in the thick of basketball season uh, and we're navigating a lot of uh, COVID suspensions, but we're getting there. It seems like things are evening out, so it's great to be here to talk basketball with you. For sure. Juan is one of our basketball writers here on the Game Day website and is JC Blanco22 on Twitter. Juan, I've seen a lot of your articles. You do a lot of the daily fantasy picks for the Game Day, and I wanted to pick your brain about how that's different than fantasy basketball. And I wanted to get your take on what you believe uh, is the keys to making good daily fantasy picks compared to fantasy basketball. Sure, absolutely. Well, as everybody um, who's familiar with a season long uh, fantasy basketball is familiar with the fact that you're dealing with uh, pretty much usually a week long sample at a time. Uh, that's how the scoring is handled, whether you're in a category league or in a head to head league. And with the season long type of uh, environment, you obviously have a large sample size to work with. You can kind of endure a lot of the ups and downs and the roller coasters of each individual player. Uh, you can obviously pick uh, uh, players uh, that are, aren't doing so well for you and get them off your roster, bring new ones on as they heat up. So a lot of flexibility there and a lot of chances to uh, essentially survive a little bit of the valleys that you might go through and and, and get, uh, you know, at the end of the season, still have a nice shot to, to win it all in your league. The difference, of course, with daily, the most basic difference is kind of implied in the name. It's it's a day-to-day situation. You're dealing only with that particular night of, of basketball sometimes you're even dealing in some of the web uh, some of the sites uh, with only a portion of that slate uh, for that night so you're really dealing with small sample sizes and you're going to have to live and die sometimes with uh, the you know the unpredictability uh, that is every you know nightly basketball uh, the same uh, roller coaster you kind of go through on the season long side that you kind of can survive a lot easier can kind of sink you on the daily side but when you catch somebody on the right night you know, it can, it can shoot you to the top of the leaderboard if, uh, you know, you're, you're playing in a big tournament or what have you. And it can really, uh, you know, get you some nice cash uh, immediately as opposed to the end of the season. I'm usually doing a lot of more prop bets. I'm looking for a guy who's hot and I'm trying to ride him for a couple of days. Would you say that's similar to, to DFS where you're trying to get like the same couple of guys, you know, for a couple of days until you uh, use up that hot streak? Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, especially in basketball, I would say as a daily fantasy sport, you really uh, are looking to to capitalize on shooters with hot hands, uh, you know, and, and matchups that are really favorable, particular to a specific skill, uh, skill set, let's say uh, that a lot more of that goes into it. So it is similar. You know, a lot of the research you do is is very similar to what you might look into when you're considering making a prop bet on a specific uh, player for a specific statistical benchmark for that night. Let's get specific for a quick second. Who are some guys right now who you would say for the next couple of days you'd be keeping an eye on for DFS purposes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I would say, you know, Luka Doncic is always obviously in play. But when you have the the Mavericks have been playing at a slower, one of the slower pace teams in the league. Anytime you have him going into any kind of matchup where the pace is is up and he's going to get a lot more possessions to work with. A guy with that skill set, I mean, you definitely uh, want to, even more so than usual, jump on a guy like that. Um, The same thing applies for even a a Steph Curry or anybody like that that is uh, already a a superstar, but anytime that they're up in competitive matchups, as the Warriors have coming up in a couple games, 
you want to look at someone like that because you're you're not risking, for, for example, them getting pulled out early because of a blowout. Either way, uh, you're potentially looking at a 35, 40 minute workload, let's say, where they can really maximize the value of what they can bring to you. I had Christian Wood in one the other day and he was just dominating against the Thunder and literally they're up like 30 with, you know, between two and a half quarters. And they're like, all right, that's enough for today. You're, you're done for the rest of the game. And I was like screaming at the TV, just like, Oh, put him back in, give me a couple more minutes. Come on. But it, it didn't work out that way. And it's hard to tell which are going to be blowouts. Cause I think they played the thunder the other day and then they reversed it where the thunder wound up blowing out the rockets after that. So it's, it's hard to tell which are going to be the competitive games, especially on a night where you don't know who's actually playing most of the time. So I would imagine you're, you're, tweaking those DFS lineups up until game time, because you never really know who's actually going to be playing, who's actually going to be defending your, your guys. Yeah. So I'll, I'll mention this to you, Steve. I'll, in the past, as a daily fantasy sport, the NBA has usually been labeled that, you know, out there that I've seen in many places labeled as one of the more stable, trustworthy sports in terms of player production night to night. I think that's changed a lot over the last season. Plus once COVID hit, and so many different variables came into play. For example, last year, the Orlando bubble, where they're playing without any fans, any distractions. And a lot of that, of course, is still going on this year in the individual arenas, although some arenas are starting to let fans back in. But it's it's really interesting to see how much better some shooting has gotten for some players and how much more locked in some of these guys apparently can be when they don't have all the surrounding ambient noise and distraction of a crowd, which is can be really significant in some places. So... It, it's definitely a lot of tweaking, even more so this year. In the past, the tweaking at the last minute on D, in DFS for NBA was a lot of times due to just the, the injury reporting style of the NBA, where you had guys sometimes ruled out at the very last minute, literally before tip-off, just some crazy stuff that's gone on over the years, where you really did have to be on your toes and on the news until the very last minute. This year, it's not only that, potentially, but it's also just the fact that uh, you do have potential COVID test. Uh, I know the other day, for example, Kendrick, none of the heat, uh, the test comes back late. They don't have the result in time for tip off. So he ends up sitting out an entire game and he'd been a hot player in the few games before. A lot of people may have had him in their lineups that night. And he's suddenly a DMV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think I, I did as well. And that's why, yeah, it sticks out of my mind. That's just one example of the many like uh, X factors that COVID is bringing to the, to the table, unfortunately right now uh, in, in NBA DFS play. Let's move on. You mentioned Luka Doncic. His Mavericks are 9-13. and 13. Obviously, I think they're the biggest disappointment at West. They are currently out of the playoff, out of the playoffs at this very moment. And I'm not really sure what their biggest problem is. What do you, what do you think is the biggest issue with Dallas right now? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, Steve, I, I think it really, if we were going to boil it down to one thing, it's going to be COVID and, and COVID absences that I think really are going to kind of drives all the other issues that they've been having. Um, and in looking at just kind of tabulating total absences, uh, Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, two guys who are pretty key, Richardson being new to the team this year, not really familiar, not really getting a chance to integrate. We had a short preseason and training camp too, not really getting a chance to fully integrate himself into the system before he goes and has to miss nine games, uh, you know, pretty much off the bat with COVID. Uh, Finney-Smith is an experienced guy, obviously they're in their system, but he also misses nine games. Christoph Porzingis is, of course, coming off knee surgery from last August or September. So he's not ready for the start of the season. He doesn't make his season debut till January the 13th. So when you factor all those things in, it doesn't matter that you have Luka Doncic playing again at an MVP level. 
it's it's the chemistry issue, especially in basketball, where it's just five guys on the floor for your team at once. It's so important, and it's just flat out not had a chance to really develop with these with these guys yet. Um, you can see, and uh, the the most recent uh, win that they had over the Hawks, you know, which was a team that's also kind of been on the rise this year. So it's it's a quality. I would call it a quality victory. You can kind of see hope that maybe these these things are starting to come together now, a little bit more gelling now that Richardson's been uh, back in the lineup for a few games. So has Finney Smith. Uh, you have uh, even Maxi Kleber, another guy who, again, you don't say a household name, but all of these guys, the Mavericks really are one of these teams that I think in certain ways, the the some of the parts makes up a better whole overall. And, you know, you have the two big stars in Porzingis and, and Donkic. But these other guys, if you look at their numbers, have made key contributions. They can all shoot uh, from three. They're all they all have these skill sets that can be really valuable when when the defense kind of hones in on the two big guys. So I think that that's really where, where we are is is just a lack of chemistry. Luckily for them, they still have a long way to go in the season. Yeah, I totally agree. I really believe this is a team that once they get everything going, they're going to be better. I think some of their losses this year have been a little fluky. You saw that excellent game against the Suns. Devin Booker hit this crazy shot to win the game. I didn't really think that's something where you can blame Dallas for how they played that. It was a a hard-fought game. My biggest concern would be Porzingis. And again, it's you know, he's hurt, he's been hurt and he's coming back from another injury, but when can you depend on him to stay healthy? Right. Uh, that That's the thing that's going to have to be obviously proven out over time. Uh, good news for him is, you know, going into here at the latter stages of the, of the current week, he's had two good back-to-back games. He's actually had, uh, I think he ramped up his minutes pretty quickly. So they, they, he obviously was in pretty good condition. And at this point, I think it's just getting that rhythm of, of playing a bunch of games in a row making sure, you know, proving that he can hold up with his knee and everything. And I think that things will start to really gel with them. I mean, I, I don't think I, I find it hard to believe they couldn't if everybody stays healthy, considering the talent of some of these guys we're talking about. And and to your point of what you're saying, too, about some of these losses, I was just taking a look earlier. I mean, five out of the 13 have been by single digits. A sixth one was by 10 points. So we're not dealing with necessarily blowouts all the time here or anything like that on their end. So those things, as we know from, again, going back to what we said about a season-long sample, we know those things can kind of flip on the other side sometimes after a while and, and the odds you know, kind of turn in their favor and they might win a few close ones. We've seen a lot of criticism now for Luka Doncic, basically about how he's been talking to the refs, complaining on every drive, according to Zach Lowe. I thought that was an amazing quote with him. But do you see him as somebody who has to change his game or do you think this is just criticism because they've been losing games? Yeah, I think more so the latter, you know, I, I would think it tilts more toward that. Um, I've seen, uh, it's just in my own observations over time, I see almost every star player complain plenty, honestly, to the refs. I mean, I see LeBron do it all the time. It seems like almost after every close call sometimes. Um, you know, he's, I think Doncic is still, as a young, a much younger player than some of the more established stars, even it seems like he's already so established, and yet we, we forget how young he actually is in the NBA, as far as the NBA is concerned, he, he's still kind of finding his way, I think, on how to be a leader on a team. 
and how to be the guy who's really got everything on his shoulders or a lot of, of, every, of, of the team's fortunes on his shoulders. I know early in the season he was questioning, I think, himself publicly after one of the games about maybe he's trying to do too much. Maybe he's being too selfish and that kind of thing. So you can tell he's still working through some things. And it's, it's not easy for a young player, even no matter how much talent they have, the, the intangibles aren't always easy as far as how best to lead uh, on their team. And I think he's still figuring that out. The, you know, so I, I believe that he'll he'll calibrate that over time. I think he might have felt also a lot of pressure early on from having all these guys absent and not being around them. And and that could have played a part in his in in kind of maybe his, um, I guess, like I said, complaining or what have you. But uh, I think the guy, you know, overall, he's a good a good teammate. And obviously his production is off the charts when he's on. Yeah, I mean, we were talking before the show and you were mentioning how it's a very similar situation to Golden State and Golden State has had some rough times to start the season and it looks like they've kind of righted the ship. They've had some injuries, obviously, but they seem to be a much better position compared to Dallas where everyone's pushing the panic button and freaking out and remembering, oh, by the way, the Knicks also have their pick. So this can't be a year where they just bottom out and hope for the best next year. Yeah, absolutely right. The, the Warriors, I mean, I just kind of use them as an example because of the fact that they have a star point guard. And then they have a, a lot of, I guess at this point, what you could term complementary, nice complementary players, because even Andrew Wiggins um, isn't playing necessarily with the same type of production that he that he was able to generate at times in Minnesota and so forth. Uh, so in, in comparing the two teams, I was saying, you know, arguably when Dallas is healthy, Luca has more help than Curry does around them right now, based on how, you know, Kelly Uber is struggling so much this year. Wiggins and Hardaway, for example, are playing about the same level. You could, they're comparable number, very comparable numbers, actually. And uh, in Dallas, you know, you also have a Porzingis, which you definitely, Curry definitely does not have the benefit of anymore, uh, of, of a second star like that, uh, you know, alongside him. Without with clay out obviously for the season so we're looking at a situation where it's it's some intangibles it's it's the COVID absences again I go back to that because Golden State has been a much better you know in that regard obviously and they've been able to already uh squeeze out two more wins uh than than Dallas has so I think the difference lies pretty much in who Luca hasn't had around them to to help him out no I definitely agree I think it's going to be one of those things where we're laughing about this a few months from now the short sample size where they find a way to get back over 500 they'll be their six seven seed ish number where they were last year and look I mean the three biggest disappointing teams in my opinion so far have been Dallas Miami and Washington and all three of those teams have been riddled with COVID you know Jimmy Butler's barely played Westbrook's barely played you know now with with Dallas you you lost Porzingis you've had all those COVID scares but I think they they all are three very talented teams I I have a lot more faith obviously in Dallas than I do uh in Washington right now but I I think those are you know three clubs that still are going to play their best basketball going forward yeah the difference I would say with with Dallas compared to even Miami this year and definitely with Washington is Dallas is still a good defensive team, and that that makes a big difference. Uh, Washington, obviously, we know with league worst defense, uh, and that doesn't look like that's going to change, you know, anytime soon. So, uh, and Miami, you know, known for some great defense last year, has really, you know, has slipped. I believe the last time I checked, it was about four more points a game they're allowing this year than last. So, uh, you know, when you have good defense uh, and the offense, you know, gets some, it buys more time, I think, for things to come around offensively, uh, and and that can make all the difference down the stretch. I totally agree with that. Juan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really ap- appreciate it. Is there anything else you're working on right now? Anything uh, we could follow you on? 
Sure. Well, on Twitter, I'm at JCBlanco22. And on the game day, I'm doing a monkey knife fight article breakdowns three times a week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So I usually pick out two contests uh, that monkey knife fight is offering for that night's slate of games for NBA. And I'll break down uh, again, kind of how the format we discussed earlier break down uh, who is, uh, you know, a good bet to maybe go over or under a certain benchmark, whatever Monkey Knife Fight has set for that contest. And I'll back it up with some research, obviously, and some numbers that would lead me to believe, you know, that support what I'm picking and what I'm selecting. So uh, people can always catch me on there for the time being Wednesday, Thursday and Saturday, potentially uh, more often uh, later in the season. Coming up next, we had our guys Kev the Rotosurgeon and Kenny Betts Big on to discuss some NBA future bets earlier this week. So let's check that out. So we're going to start here with the NBA championship future winner. Kev, who do you got for this? Well, obviously, if I had to go with one team to win it all, it's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. They're the incumbent team that just won. They're looking to go back to back. Uh, They're pretty much fully healthy and they're looking even more stacked than last year. They're looking even better in general. But at plus 250, we were talking about this off air. This isn't the best bet to make in general, given those odds, because you could probably get this right before the playoffs. You mentioned this. I agree with you. But right now, if I was looking for one long shot team to bet on, it would be the Boston Celtics at plus 1800. Uh, the Celtics are just getting Kemba back. They they did lose Marcus Smart for a week or two, but he's looking like he should be back in full health by mid-February uh, mid or so. But for the most part, the Celtics as a long shot right now, the Jazz are hot, but I'm not buying into them as a playoff team. Uh, how do you feel about the Celtics with their stacked roster, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum playing as good as ever? Uh, they're looking like one of my long shot favorites right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. You know, plus 1800 is a sexy number. You got to figure they're guaranteed to make the playoffs, right? So you don't have to worry if they're going to even get in. Um, And then, like you mentioned, they've been in the playoffs. They've been in the Eastern Conference Finals a few times already. So they were a young team, but now they have that experience. They have the playoff experience. So I think we're going to see a different Celtics team when it comes to the playoffs. And like you said, as far as the price, the plus 1800 is amazing value on that Celtics team because you got to figure they're going to get out of the first round at least, right? So there's plenty of hedge value there as well. Like we mentioned, the Lakers at plus 250, that's not really great value on that bet. They'll probably be right around the same price right before the playoffs. And personally right here, I'm looking at this, the odds right now, the Clippers at plus 550 to me. Even though it's not a huge, huge odds like the plus 1800, I still think plus 550, you know, Kawhi, um, Pandemic P, Paul George, I think he has a lot to prove when it comes to the playoffs this year. Um, so I love the Clippers team. You know, they they blew that 3-1 lead to the Nuggets last year, and then they had to watch their crosstown rivals, Lakers, go on to win the championship in the bubbles. So I think they're going to have a big chip on their shoulder when it comes to playoff time. And, you know, Kawhi still, in my opinion, is probably the best player in the league. Um, I, I love the Clippers here. All right. So Kev's got the Celtics. I have the Clippers. Let's get into the regular season MVP here. Kev, LeBron's sitting at plus 350 right now. What do you think? You think he's, uh, you know, you think he gets robbed again this year or what? Uh, I wouldn't say robbed. I just don't think he's, I mean, he looks like he's gunning for it. He went for 46 against the Cavaliers last week. That was pretty hot, but why would he really care about the MVP at this point? He has a couple under his belt. He cares about championships at this point in his career. It would be nice to win an MVP, but as we see, he's questionable every game. Is he not like him? AD's resting. He's looking a little sloppy here and there. Uh, So who, who are you laying your money on then? Oh, I'm definitely, okay. It's between Jokic and Embiid. Embiid, I don't trust because of his back issue and his natural like injury prone nature. So if I had to throw my money somewhere, 
after seeing Jokic go for nearly 50 with like a triple double almost every game this past weekend. And it just, yeah, it's Jokic at plus 600. Yeah. I think those Jokic odds are pretty is nice. Absolutely killing it right now. He's, well, he's, he's, what is he averaging over 10 assists a game, right? Like, I don't think his center has ever even averaged that many assists. You know, he's clearly the leader of that team. The Nuggets, once they start clicking, I think he'll, he'll and right now, plus 600, I think that's great value because I think that line's only going to continue to go down as the season moves on, right? Yeah, no, totally. Like he's at 27 points, 12 rebounds, nearly nine assists per game with two steals. Like he's stacking the stat sheet up and down. Like you, it's hard to argue. He hasn't had any health issues either throughout his career. So I would bet on him staying healthy on top of maintaining this production to some extent to really like this bet more than I like Embiid, more than LeBron, who's playing on a team that's going to be in cruise control once they kind of like clinch things up. That's obviously a huge part of when you're laying down a future bet, especially this far out from, you know, the end of the regular season, huge thing is knowing if these guys are even durable to make it through the right, the regular season, right. You know, we've seen Joel Embiid over the course of his career dealing with the back issue, having to sit out games, missing a week here, a few games there. So yeah, I think Nikola Jokic, you know, he's durable. He's crushing it right now. Like you just mentioned his stat line, even like Steph Curry at plus 1200. I would love to dabble on Lillard at plus 2,500, but the Blazers just look like a terrible team, right? They can't win at home and they just beat up on terrible teams on the road. It seems Blazers, they're fine. They're 10 and eight. Like that's not bad. And Lillard's stat, uh, Lillard's stat lines are going to look fantastic with CJ McCollum out for the next two months. It's just a hard bet to make on a team. That's okay. I'd rather bet on a team that's really good. The Denver Nuggets are 12 and eight, but they should be a lot better. They have a top four uh, point differential in the West. Uh, They're the fifth best team by net rating just behind the Utah Jazz. Uh, It's just, I'd rather take the best player on one of the best teams than the best player on just another team. So that's why I'd go Jokic. And yeah, just seeing, just seeing his numbers across the board, he leads the NBA in offensive win share. So he's the guy for me. All right, so we're both in agreement. Nikola Jokic right now, plus 600, great value. Um, I got a question for you, though. So we're going to go to the rookie of the year right now. I took LaMelo Ball um, before the season at plus 350. Right now, you know, he's been having a good season. Right now, he's sitting at minus 130. Do you think this is something I should hedge out, maybe jump on another rookie here? What do you think? I just think it's so hard to bet against LaMelo right now. His field goal percentage is looking up. That was kind of my biggest question. Would his efficiency affect him? But if he's going to shoot 30% from three, 43% from the field on top of averaging 12, six and six with a, a steal and a half per game, I, 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 who else are you actually going to bet on here that I would actually be for? I like Patrick Williams over the next month with Wendell Carter, Wendell Carter Jr. out. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's an actually good player on the court, but he's not a stat stuffer. And when it comes to betting and when it comes to rookie of the year, MVP, whatever it may be, sometimes those stat sheets do take precedent over who had the best, the most impact for the most part. So no, of course, I, I, I can't really give you someone else to bet on. I can't really say, hey, hedge out of this. I might just say, hey, throw some more on LaMelo yeah. at one minus 130. <laughs> you might be getting a value at minus 130 on top of the plus 350 you got in the preseason. So what do you think on that? No, yeah, honestly, I, I agree with you. You know, one, LaMelo Ball is just box office, right? He's on the Hornets, the, you know, Michael Jordan team. He finally has a great, he finally drafted a good player, it looks like, right? LaVar Ball is probably happier than a pig in poop. Um, yeah, LaMelo Ball has been absolutely balling out this year. The one thing that does worry me, though, is that he is coming off the bench. And 
personally, I think he should also win six man of the year. So I don't know if that's going to maybe affect him getting rookie of the year or what, but we'll see, I guess, as it comes down the stretch, I just don't think there's any rookie right now. That's even come close to the performance that he's putting on the court night in and night out. Yeah, no, definitely. I just, I, I he's plus 2,500 for six men. I like that bet a lot. Only if I, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to transition away from Terry Rozier. I've, I've heard some trade rumors here and there, you know, it just through the grapevine, what you hear, but it's hard to imagine them keeping him on the bench all year. So that might be a little iffy on my end. I wouldn't place that at 2,500, you know, why not? But I'd still lean towards them starting him at a certain point. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that, that is very true. And he keeps playing the way he's playing. They have to start him. There's, they don't have an option, but to start the guy, Jordan Clarkson right now sitting at minus 140. What do you think of that? Honestly, Jordan Clarkson's been like, he's, he's scoring a few more points than he always has. Like his free throw percentage is just fantastic at like 96%. I think he's missed one or two free throws all year. He's only shooting like one and a half or two per game, but I don't love Jordan Clarkson as a bet as um, minus odds on a guy that's pretty much doing what he's always done. His field goal percentage has been down over the past few games. Uh, Honestly, unless like Mike Conley gets hurt and he needs to take on an even greater role. It, it just, yeah, I, I think I'd rather bet on, oh God. What like, about Mr. Six Man of the Year himself, Lou Williams, sitting at plus yeah, 2,000 right now? That's looking oh, juicy. Yeah, that's looking juicy if it was like 2017. This is 2021, <laughs> baby. Like Lou Williams ain't Lou Williams anymore. Like I love Chris Boucher, the player. I think he's probably the best player of these uh of any of these guys he's sitting at plus 700 but the problem with chris boucher is uh, the raptors don't play him half the time if their matchups aren't dictating it so you know against a team like the warriors that goes small more often than not unless they're playing james wiseman in his 20 minutes like boucher hardly plays so maybe down the line they play him more they're they're looking a lot better so what do you think on boucher like this is the only guy that i'd be like okay you should take him because he's better than jordan clarkson yeah yeah, you know, Jordan Clarkson at minus 140. I'll tell you what I'm definitely not doing, betting that, right? Um, Chris Boucher plus 700. I do like that. Um, you know, even Karis LaVert at plus 1600. It's just, unfortunately, we have no clue if he's even going to be back this year. Um, out of the list, Karis LaVert is definitely the best player here. But unfortunately, with that kidney problem, I don't know if he'll be back. So you can't bet that either. Yet, looking at the list of the odds right now, Chris Boucher honestly looks like the only option, in my opinion. Yeah, no, Shake Milton's on there at plus 700. He's looked a lot worse since coming back from uh, coming back from health and safety protocols. Uh, he's hardly playing any defense. His shooting's fine, but for the, like, I, I just don't want to bet Shake Milton right now. This, uh, the 76ers might add someone in uh, around the deadline. They might move some pieces. I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's basically Chris Boucher or bust. I probably wouldn't even bet this uh, in all honesty, because it could end up ugly in the second half of the season. Maybe someone gets moved to the bench in the next few weeks and he goes off from the uh, from a six-man role so yeah no six man's not really someone i'm interested in betting on you know this nba season kev in my opinion has been a little weird um you know looking at just the month of january alone if you bet a hundred dollars on every nba underdog that month you would have profited right under three thousand dollars um what do you think that's attributed to do you think the no fans is having a big difference you know what do you, do you see it from a fantasy perspective do you think you know it's a little different on your end as well it's just so hard to predict game in and game out who's healthy and who's not. You're getting last minute health and safety, safety protocols. Teams are missing full weeks. Like you are the wizards in particular. They had 
Mo Wagner, Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura. They like everybody was out for them. It was basically Bradley Beal doing it by himself up until recently. His high, his lowest scoring game was 27 points. So you have just like outliers coming left and right throughout the NBA. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are terrible, but they should be better if they get cat back their best player. Like, you're not really getting true performances out of a lot of these teams. You're getting kind of a dishonest season, right? I, I totally agree with you there. Like the Timberwolves looking at that roster, like they have so much talent, you know, like even Anthony Edwards, you know, he's shooting percentage isn't the best so far, but so much talent. One of the most expe- explosive rookies that coming into the league out of that draft class, you know, it's unfortunate they did lose cat. Um, but yeah, I'm shocked that the Timberwolves haven't performed a little better. Um, you know, we touched on the nuggets. They got off to a slow start. You know, it, it's a very weird season because what did, what do these teams have? Like two, the teams that were in the bubble only had like a two month break since the start of the regular season, right? Yeah, no, and that's why I don't like betting on the Lakers. Honestly, I didn't like their over, even though they're looking like they're probably going to hit that. Like it just it just felt like teams were going to either underperform or overperform based on how their opponents were. Or like uh, you're looking at the Miami Heat right now; they're one of the worst teams in the league, and they're someone who's been affected by that two month layoff. It's uh, you you can't really say there's a precedent for this. And it's kind of frustrating as a fan, not even as a fantasy player, not even as someone who has bet on games. It's just I, I don't enjoy the product on the court. I hope it's better in the second half after the all star break and whatnot. Think back to about a year back when when they canceled all sports. I remember saying, God, man, I will watch anything. I was watching Korean baseball. So, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> I definitely don't want you know, I definitely appreciate them still putting the product out, even though it's definitely not as good. Um, as seasons in the past, but yeah, I'm hoping, you know, once they get that break and, you know, hopefully now COVID is starts to dwindle down and these guys, you know, they start to figure everything out. Hopefully, you know, the play on the court gets significantly better. Yeah, no, all we can hope for is really a good playoff situation where teams are kind of like at even strength. If not like the regular season, the regular season, the like same teams are going to make the playoffs. I don't think there's much of an issue. There aren't many outliers in terms of who's in the playoffs. So, you know, that's at least, honorable in that sense you're not getting too many swayed situations and you know i i'm holding out hope for a competent playoff situation and then moving forward hopefully we move past covid for next season and we can start with some clear heads and i'm really looking forward to what the nba can become because i love where it's been headed these past few years yeah, no, the, you know, I feel like it all started with the Splash Brothers. Once they, you know, once that Warriors team was formed, the NBA, in my opinion, that was like the best season of NBA basketball with the Splash Brothers. That was a great season. Um, I know as far as betting, I, that was a great season for me to bet on. And yeah, the start of the season has been a little rough, even from like a betting perspective. It's hard handicapping these games, you know, knowing if the player's going to come down with COVID, if the, you know, the mindset in the locker room, these guys are human beings, you know. Who knows what they're dealing, you know, the what they're dealing with at home. Um, you know, a lot of people are affected like uh, mentally with the COVID, everything like that. So, yeah, it's uh, it, even from like a betting perspective, it's very tough handicapping these games. And I've struggled. Uh, initially, I was struggling during the season. Um, as it started to go on, I've started to fi- finally settle into a group here and hit some bets. Thank God. Yeah, no, I'm happy for you, man. You got to keep Kenny bets big. Can't be losing no bets. All right, Kev, it's been great chatting with you. And remember, guys, drop a comment below. Let us know what future bets you plan on locking in and like and subscribe.